I have a bit of a confession to make. I'm kind of addicted to my phone. And very specifically, I'm addicted to having it nearby just in case I happen to get one of those great messages from a friend out of the blue. And I'm also really addicted to checking my Gmail. A really nice way to take a little break, but sometimes that addiction to getting fun emails is borderline compulsive with how many times I'm checking for a new email to come into my inbox. So the first week of 2021, I had a little bit of a social media detox. I pretty much kept my phone at bay for the whole week. And it was a really interesting experience. Don't get me wrong, I am super grateful for all that social media has to offer, especially during COVID. But the reality is many high performers find social media to be a catch-22. It's an incredibly powerful tool to use, but social media also has the power to use you. Today's episode dives into some of the neuroscience and studies about why social media is so addictive and lays out simple steps that you can take to make sure you're using social media strategically, not letting social media use you. Hi there, I'm Leva Buzard, strategy consultant turned time management coach. I'm a multi-passionate creative and used to struggle with following through on ideas. Today, I help creators enjoy the journey and manage their projects with ease. If you want to support your brilliant, messy, creative self with strategies for success, this podcast is for you, my friend. You are going to walk away from today's episode with step-by-step practices to improve productivity and cultivate presence. That means better work days right away. Welcome to Present and Productive, the podcast designed to help creatives confidently say yes to their dreams. Around the world, there are 3.8 billion social media users as of January 2020. So that was last year. And that number is rising rapidly. Between 2019 and 2020, there was more than a 9% increase in social media users. It's safe to say that that level of connectivity, access to information, people on these platforms is completely unprecedented in human history. That's why sometimes we can feel this sense of information overload. Stories of connection and cross-cultural collaboration are easier to access than ever before. I had this fascinating conversation with someone at church about how we pray for the world, and she was sharing with me that as she's become more and more engaged in social media, she feels like there are more and more places she's adding onto her prayer list, and it's starting to make her question her responsibility to serve the world because she feels so overwhelmed from all of the different places of needs that she's reading thanks to social media. We get news reports about events that happen halfway across the world, minute by minute. And all of these daily updates, new articles, new postings, they really add up. The average American spends more than two hours on social media every day. And if you think about that, two hours for seven days a week, that's 14 hours, which could be a part-time job for a lot of people. The brain gets a hit of dopamine every time it encounters something new. So most of us are thinking unconsciously about social media even more than that two plus hours every day. There's this little voice in the back of our brain that really wants a hit of dopamine. And so it's saying, hey, check your phone. Hey, 
What if there's a new email? What if there's a new post? That leads us to another interesting fact. The average smartphone user in the United Kingdom checks their phone 28 times every day. The study describes how this constant temptation of distraction raises our anxiety levels, can prevent deep sleep, exacerbates a sense of envy, jealousy, fear of missing out, and most importantly, from my perspective, keeps us from truly being present in the moment, even when we're not on the app. I really love how the Harvard Business Review described this tension between the benefits from our digital devices and the distractions. In one of their articles, they called this the technology stress paradox, describing it as such. The technology stress paradox. We share the desire for greater freedom from our devices, and yet that very freedom itself causes anxiety. It makes us ask ourselves what life would feel like if we were really forced to sit with ourselves. This resonates so deeply with me. When we don't have our phone to distract us, it can sometimes be scary to just sit and be present, to be present with all the things that are frustrating as well as all of the things that are bringing us joy. Yet I know from personal experience, and I'm betting you do too, that if you keep shoving aside those frustrations, they will just continue to pile up. A lot of what we've talked about on the podcast today is common knowledge, right? So many of us know that we should be spending less time on our phones, and yet we continue to fall into these patterns that are not beneficial. So I wanted to take a step back and look at the issue in a bigger context. That brought me to the documentary, The Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma interviews ethicists and engineers who created the algorithms in order to increase engagement. It's a really eye-opening documentary, and if you have the time, I definitely commend it to you to watch. Mainly because The Social Dilemma shows your engagement on the platform is what the platform is selling to advertisers. It almost made me feel like I was being used a little bit. The more time my eyeballs are on the screen, the more I'm engaging and commenting, the more money these platforms are making off me. Again, don't get me wrong. I actually love the power of targeted advertising, but I think it's worth being cognizant that the platform is designed using every single psychological trick in the book to keep you anxious wanting more, thinking about engaging on the platform. One of the most interesting things I learned from The Social Dilemma is that the very same engineers and marketers who created algorithms find themselves getting addicted to their phones, to their favorite social media channels. So no one is immune for this. This is deep psychology that they are using. Colors, buttons, every single detail, the timing with which push notifications are sent out. So I think we can all give ourselves a little bit of grace when it comes to our social media and our digital device habits. For me, all of this research underscores how important it is to have a real social media intention plan. What do I mean by a social media intention plan? Well, we want to ensure we're getting the very best benefits we can from all of our favorite platforms. We wanna make sure that we're not being 
used, that we're not being drained, that our lives are fuller because of our social media engagement, that they're enriched and our horizons are broadened, especially during stay at home with the pandemic, not that we are being used, that we're losing hours of our life into this black hole effect that can happen when you open a new app. Have you ever had that happen to you where you go to browse something on the internet and you get all these notifications and like an hour later you're on some random Wikipedia page learning about somebody else's dream and how they want you to pay for it, basically, right? (laughs) And if that's your idea of a great time, then go for it. But most of us are inundated with so much information that we can really benefit from a plan for social media intention. The Social Media Intention Plan is an eight-step little checklist, and I have it on the show notes because I like to go above and beyond for my listeners, of course. And the steps in the plan give you a proactive way to respond to what researchers identified in a 2019 peer literature review as the three greatest threats to how the internet is changing the state of human cognition. Okay, I know that was a lot. Those three greatest threats are, one, so much incoming information conditions the brain to engage in multitasking or task switching, where we're constantly switching between tabs, like you're on a computer, switching between tasks rather than sustaining your focus. That's number one. Number two, rapid access to online information can interfere with internal memory processes, So if you're one of those people who feels like you're constantly forgetting things all of a sudden, it's not just you. It's a real thing. There's too much information and the brain can't compute. And number three, digital social interaction can overcome our ability to socialize offline. I personally do not want my online interaction, my social media interaction to take over my real world in-person or phone conversation one-to-one interactions. That third one is really important. Now, how can we overcome those three really giant challenges to social media? I'm so glad you asked, friend. And I'm very happy to introduce you to the eight-step checklist for intentional social media. Question one, do you know your intention before opening the app? Okay, so before you open an app, get into the habit of asking yourself this question, what is my goal before I go on? If it's entertainment, then note that. This idea is just to really have a little bit more awareness. So even if you're trying to escape a moment of boredom, frustration, just calling awareness and recognizing the feeling can be huge. Or maybe once you call awareness to what's really going on, you'll think of another activity that could be more fulfilling. This is fundamental, number one important before opening any social media app, especially if you want to be on the app to really connect with others, to do work or business. Keep that intention front and center to prevent from getting sucked into the black hole. Question number two, who are you listening to? This is a constant reminder for me. I want to let go of any negative people. I want to curate my social media feed. So I deliberately do not engage with any negative social media. I want my social media channels to be a place of positivity and it's up to each of us to choose with whom we engage. Our engagement is what tells the algorithms how to create our social media world. That power is in your fingertips. Three, what are your physical boundaries for your phone? 
Sometimes we forget that our phones aren't a piece of furniture. They are not attached to our hips. They are just a tool like any other device. Yes, they're an important tool we use often like a computer, but they are not a part of you. That's why it can be really helpful to create physical boundaries for your phone. The best tip for this is to have a special phone charging station that is away from your desk when you're not using it and out of your bedroom. Question four is what is your social media mission? Are you clear on what your overarching goal is when you are posting? My mission personally is to be encouraging, empowering, and uplifting to others. This helps me edit my own content and guides what I do and do not write or post on social media. I think it's a fun way for you to consider how you're contributing to the well-being of others on your feed. Question six, where do you keep your social media apps? You might want to delete all of your social media apps during the week, for example, especially if you don't have to use them at work. So you deliberately have to go through the tedium of downloading them back onto your device if you want to use social media apps on the weekends. Another trick, especially if you need to use social media apps during the week, is to put them in a hard to reach spot in your phone, like on the very last part of your phone screen. That helps me use social media in a more targeted, focused approach and prevents me from getting sucked into the scroll. Question number seven, and this is kind of a fun one. Consider your feelings after your social media use. So just pay attention to how you feel when you finish scrolling through social media. You might find that you're logging onto social media to feel more connected, but then feeling more disconnected when you get off. Just ask yourself, okay, now that I've checked my email, how do I feel? Or now that I've scrolled through Instagram for five minutes, is this how I want to be feeling? This particular question is such a powerful way to develop greater awareness. And finally, number eight, are you in charge of your notifications? The default notification settings are the most intrusive. They are designed to keep you coming back, to get you engaged on the platform, to literally steal your attention. Because remember, social media platforms are selling your attention and your attention is valuable. Your time is a valuable, precious commodity. Make sure you log into your apps today or any day when you sign up for a new social media account and you go into your notification settings. Be ruthless here. Make sure that the apps are serving you so you won't be serving these apps. As promised, I have this checklist up in the show notes. So if you want to print out or a little reminder, hop on over to levabuzard.com and go through these eight simple steps to make social media work for you. I'm over here dancing at my desk and cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Present and Productive Podcast. Hop on over to levabuzard.com for today's show notes and more resources. And if you found today's episode valuable, consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. I believe that each of us has a responsibility to share positive encouragement with others. I'd also love to hear more of your story. I read every message and would love to hear more about how I can best serve you. Thank you for joining me today and know that I'm cheering you on in your journey. See you soon.